enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica, and I'll be your host today as we talk about the rules of fangirl. With me today is a fellow blogger, podcaster, and geek girl, Victoria, of your biggest fangirl podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Victoria. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me on, Monica. I'm thrilled to be here. I first came across your podcast um, through social media. You had posted on your blog, The 10 Rules of Fangirling Like a Pro, and that really, really spoke to me, and I'm excited to have you on today to talk about how you became a professional fangirl and what experiences led you to this. Before we begin... Oh, so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. (laughs) It's okay. No problem. Before we begin, I just wanted uh, to know if you could introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about you. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, I work in development at a production company in Los Angeles with a major film franchise, uh, which is super cool. And I've always wanted to work in entertainment. Um, I grew up as a huge fangirl of various properties. And um, when I'm not working in development, uh, working on projects that my company is trying to make into movies or find other projects that we want to produce, I am uh, doing the Your Biggest Fangirl podcast with my lovely co-host, Kristen. And the Your Biggest Fangirl podcast is a podcast that we created really to dive deeper into what it is and what it means to be a female fan. And we try to take a very enthusiastic but intelligent look at all the different aspects of fandom. And I also wanted to say thank you. And I can't believe um, that you wanted to talk about the rules of fangirling with me. And I, I remember it just blew my mind when you discovered our post about the 10 rules of fangirling like a pro so soon after we'd launched, because I think Chris and I just looked at each other or we didn't look at each other because Kristen's in Chapel Hill, but we were talking to each other. <laughs> oh my gosh, someone's actually reading this. That's not my mom. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, and it's funny. I don't even know how I came across you guys. I don't know like how I found your I know it was through Instagram. Yeah. And okay. When I found it, I was like, oh, oh, this speaks to me. Like, I get this. Oh, that's me. Oh, these are things that I've wanted to articulate but never could get across properly. Or there were mm-hmm. things in there that I was like, oh, I should have thought of that before. And I think I mentioned it on one of the Temple of Geek podcast way back when, um, an older episode, because I was so excited about it. And, you know, obviously I've been listening ever since and was happy enough, you know, excited to be a guest on the podcast as well. Yeah. Okay. So I had to think about this. And I think it's because I, we followed you when we launched our social media, I was looking just for accounts to follow that were like fangirl, nerd, geeks, and your account came up. I was like, oh, she seems super cool. So that's how I think we initially, I'm just kidding. You are. (laughs) I can verify. I'm happy to say we've like virtually and now, now like actually have known each other for almost a year. And, um, yeah, and then I remember when you guys when you gave us a shout out again, our minds were like further blown that someone who weren't our friends that we were begging to listen to our podcast like w- w- like related to it and, and resonated with with um, 
what we were trying to say with your biggest fangirl. And we were so thrilled to have you on as a guest and you were a fantastic guest. So everyone, it's episode 18 of your biggest fangirl podcast. If you guys are interested in listening. You're so sweet. Thank you. And I'll (laughs) add a link in the, in the post. So I, and I have gotten a chance to meet you and Kristen. And what I noticed right away is how different you two are and yet how awesome you two are together. You're like a geek girl power team. And I love it. One of the things that I noticed the most about like how effective you guys are together is when um, the three of us were at the Her Universe fashion show at San Diego Comic-Con this year. And just the way that you two were networking and connecting with people and just on it, I saw you conduct interviews on the spot with your equipment. And I was blown away that you guys were just so ready to go and you guys were flawless at it. Um, How long have you guys been a team and how did that all come together? Oh my gosh. Well, that's really kind because I felt like we um, felt a little bit like two chickens with our heads cut off running around San Diego Comic-Con. But thank you. That is (laughs) not how you came across. (laughs) No. Pick it till you make it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Kristen and I have been friends since college and we were, we initially met working on a student television show at UNC Chapel Hill, which is where we both attended college. So I think one of the reasons that we can put on like a pretty good charade of knowing what we're doing is that we both studied media production in college. So we are familiar with um, with production and, and, and putting together a show. Like a podcast was a totally new experience and venture for us, but we did have some familiarity with executing an idea and manifesting it in an audio visual medium. Um, so yeah, so we, but we met writing this really cheesy, um, like, uh, what is it called? Soap opera at Chapel Hill called General College. I think it's still running <laughs> there. <laughs> Take on General Hospital. Um, and then, yeah, we were always, we were always friends and we always kept in touch since then. And we, and we like a big reason why we became friends is because we had fandoms in common. I think the thing that united us initially was a mutual love of a very Potter musical and team star kid and Darren Chris and Glee. I think that was like the initial fandom that brought us together. And those are also really niche fandoms. And so, you know, being able to find somebody (laughs) that can like relate to you on that level, that's awesome. And then at what point were you guys so inspired to start a podcast? It was crazy because I think Kristen and I probably met in like 2011. And then, so she works for the university, um, for the College of Arts and Sciences at Chapel Hill. And she came out and visited LA in the spring of 2016 to do a bunch of interviews um, to make this video about one of the film production screenwriting programs at Chapel Hill. And she reached out to me. She's like, hey, Tori, I'm going to be in town. Um, can, like, I'd love to spend a night with you or hang out with you. And I was like, of course. So we spent uh, the evening together. We went to dinner and dessert and all that good stuff. And I was so I had such an amazing time with her a because you can vouch she's a lovely person but I found myself having these amazing intelligent but again like super squee squee and enthusiastic conversations about fandom with her and after her visit after she went back to North Carolina we started just sending each other articles about fandom 
that we found in very reputable um, news publications. Like there, she, I think she started the chain with an article about the Star Wars fandom from the Atlantic. And then I found this article about Darren Chris and his relationship, naturally, um, in the New Republic. <laughs> and we, we started sending them back and forth to each other with these really long text messages that we were like analyzing things together. And again, continuing this awesome conversation that we had. And eventually she was like, we should start a blog or a podcast and then just something like the light bulb immediately went off in my head when she suggested, I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Let's do it. And then we spent the next year and a half or so developing the podcast. And and something that really inspired me uh, rather than, like, in addition to just um, wanting to build this idea with Kristen, this brilliant uh, suggestion she had was being a fangirl is something that I've been very ashamed. Like I've gone through a lot of shame in my life of how like identifying or being this kind of way. But then also I feel like being a fangirl has um, also given me so much. Like it's, it's helped me succeed in my, my industry, but then at the same time, I feel like it's, it's held me back in ways or it's something that I feel like has become a chip on my shoulder. So with your biggest fangirl, what I feel like we're doing is, or part of like the reason my personal journey with it is trying to find a healthy way and the the most positive way to engage with fandom and fangirling. Cause it's, I've accepted that this is just who I am. It's a part of me and it's something that I cannot minimize or scrub out. So what's the best way that I can do it and the most empowering way that I can do it. And how can I encourage and how can Kristen and I encourage and empower and inspire other fangirls? Oh my God. I love that. And I know that a lot of our listeners can resonate with that and not just mm-hmm. fan girls, but fan boys in general as well, because I feel like there's a stigma still in the geek community about like, if you're so in love and so passionate about something, it's, you know, before geek wasn't like a cool thing, you know, where I feel it's mm-hmm. becoming much more mainstream now, but that is definitely something that resonates with a lot of people. So you're not alone. Oh, that's nice to hear. <laughs> and then uh, how do you guys manage it to, being on separate coasts? You're out here in California. She's in Chapel Hill. Uh, I re- Skype. <laughs> Mucho Skype. Facebook Mucho Messenger. Skype. <laughs> Mucho Skyping. Um, Facebook Messenger and Google Drive. Those are like the three linchpins of your biggest fangirl. Without them, we would not be able to do the podcast um, and, and then weekends, I think the fact that, I mean, it's, it's demanding because Kristen and I both have full-time jobs, but I think the fact that we both have kind of traditional work schedules allows us to just use our weekends to the fullest that we can to make your biggest fangirl. That's awesome. I think that, yeah. And what are some of your guys' fandoms? Yours in particular, what are some of your fandoms? What do you fangirl over? Um, I love Marvel. I'm big Marvel Cinematic Universe fan. Um, like, I really and I really love. I love the. I love an Avenger moment. I love Thor. I and Loki and like those are my favorite people from like the traditional Marvel Cinematic Universe. But like the first superhero I ever fangirled over and was kind of like my gateway into this whole world was Spider Man. Like the OG Spider Man with Tobey Maguire. That was really kind of like game changing for me. And then um, I love Harry Potter a lot. 
And as I mentioned earlier, uh, the like subgenres or sub fandoms within Harry Potter, like a very Potter musical, and uh, and then Team Starkid and and everything that that theater company has done. Um, and I do love um, DC, like the DC universe. Um, I oh, sorry, my computer, my screen just blacked out, so I wanted to make sure the browser didn't close. Um, I love the, I do, I'm a big fan of the DC cinematic universe in a way. Like I do enjoy those movies. Um, I would just like to say I knew about Henry Cavill before he was Superman and everyone discovered him. Um, and I loved, <laughs> I grew up, I grew up loving Smallville. So I guess I'd say I'm more of like a Superman fan than maybe like a traditional, like general DC fan. Like I, I was such a well-behaved child, but I remember because this was, if anyone can imagine, like the day before, days before TiVo and having, um, and having what's it called, um, like streaming and Netflix and watch, being able to watch it on Hulu a day or two later. I there was a small little marathon on ABC Family before it was freeform, and I could not watch it, and I had a full-blown meltdown in the Freehold Mall in New Jersey. Like it was, and I was oh too old. I was 12. Like it was not a cool look. Um, and I was a huge fan of Smallville. Um, I love Glee. That was a huge, I was like a major Gleek as well. Um, I love Star Wars. Uh, I love all the Disney animated movies. I love Broadway. Kristen um, finally converted me into being a Hamilton fan. I know yes. I'm, I'm very aware. Awesome. I'm three years, three years late to this party, and so everyone, I'm like, guys, Hamilton, and they're like, yeah, we're aware. And I was like, no, but do you know? And they're like, <laughs> but do you, you know? need to calm down? Like, we get it. And um, and then uh, a fandom that I got to partake in with you, and you made my life, is um, I was a huge fan in high school of the band Panic at the Disco, and you took me to a Panic at the Disco concert and then I don't think you fully realized uh that you invited like a full return of 15 year old fangirl Tori to the Staples Center which was so much fun honestly and it's so funny because as we were leaving my partner Nate was like she was the perfect person to bring she was so much fun and I'm like right so we were totally happy to have you and you were absolutely so much fun 15 year old Tori fangirling is like the level you should always be at you should always be living <laughs> oh your life like that because it's a lot of fun to just and especially like when you're with people who aren't judging you and who are just letting you be you, like, you know, that is the best feeling. Well, that was the so thing. It was a safe, you girl. Oh, thank you. It was a safe space. Like I was, it was great because we were in a luxury box, like very fancy. And I was with fellow fans and strangers who I didn't care about. So I was like, I'm going to dance to every <laughs> song. I'm going to Insta story myself dancing and I'm going to scream all the lyrics. And then I think I made it 10 seconds into Brendan Urie being on stage before I like turned to you, Monica was like, Oh my God, he's so hot. Like it was like full <laughs> right back into it. It was fun. We had a great time. <laughs> and then like of all the fandoms that you just mentioned, cause you mentioned a lot, mm. are there any that you consider your biggest fandom? <sighs> That's really hard. Cause I feel like, I don't know if you've experienced that, but I feel like fandom can be very cyclical. So it depends kind of like where, when, w and what's out and what I'm, and where I am in life, uh, like uh, what means the most to me. But I think if I, if I really had to choose, um, it would be Harry Potter, 
and Spider-Man because they're the longest. And I think they were so formative in me becoming a fangirl Um, because I started reading Harry Potter when I was seven and I saw Spider-Man when I was 11. So I was like super young. Oh, yeah, I absolutely get that. Yeah. And you're right about it being cyclical because I've gone through phases where I'm just like, don't don't touch me. Don't talk to me. I'm dying in like a Star Wars, like, you know, Mm -hmm. deep, deep, dark hole. Just leave me here. And then there's other times where I'm like, oh, I haven't seen Star Wars in a long time. You know, so (laughs) it just depends. I totally get that. Okay. Now getting into the rules of fan girls. Um. Mm-hmm. I, I love that your introduction to the rules start off by saying that these are more of guidelines than they are rules. Um, so what do these guidelines apply to? What types of events or situations are these rules meant for? Yeah, um, some are super specific. I They were derived because I grew up in New Jersey and I was lucky and fortunate enough to go see a lot of shows on Broadway and be able to go to a stage door and meet the actors afterwards. So I think that was like the genesis of where I started like cultivating and creating these rules and like noticing things and remembering it for next time. So I I think like, I think all of them apply to a stage door type situation, or you can uh, apply them to maybe when you're on an autograph signing line at a con, which I've done before, or maybe you're at a photo op. And then there, cause there are some that are super specific, um, but then there are some like rule number one and especially rule number 10 that I think are kind of like um, bigger guidelines that you can, you should apply in broader situations. So oh. yeah. And, and then again, I- like, I'm sorry. No, you're good. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And just the thing about guidelines, I I think because everyone's fan experience is different. So obviously, um, and I think there is like, I never want to be dictating something to someone. And I also don't want to be responsible if you follow my rules and like it goes terribly. (laughs) Um, But obviously pick what works for you. And um, I hope uh, people... You they they can utilize them and have awesome fan experiences because these these have been curated from like my finest moments of fangirling and my successes, but also from my failures and like the times I fell flat on my face trying to interact with a celebrity. But and and that's another thing too. I think they generally apply for when you're meeting someone you're a fan of. Awesome. Well, then let's get into it. So first rule: hide your crazy at all costs. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I'm a, I, like extra is my middle name. Um, I come in <laughs> at a 10 a lot. Um, so, but I think hide your crazy is a way. And again, like not trying to shame people, but when you're having an interaction with someone you admire, the best way you're going to get the most out of that interaction if you're if you're not screaming at them and in tears and sometimes i know that like the screams and the tears like happen no matter what but if you're if you're taking a step back and purposely trying to keep it composed i have noticed and i've learned that you're going to have a better interaction with that person and um I've also like I was also thinking about it because also when you're at a stage door or you're at a convention, 
Um, not necessarily when you, if you, if you're like me and you live in LA and you see Titus Burgess at the grocery store, um, usually if you're in a, a stage door convention type situation, those people are, they want to meet you. They want to talk to you. Like they're, they're in this environment knowingly. So, and just like, if you put yourself in their shoes, like they're, they're not gonna, it's, it's a lot to deal with someone who's like screaming and crying and just blindly like confessing their love to you. But if you can like take it a step back and like put on and just kind of tone it down just a little bit for the sake of that interaction, just while you're interacting with them. Cause I'm all about like having a major freak out before and after, um, to process it. But if you can, if you can just channel a little bit of composure during that interaction, it's going to be a better interaction. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And I think it's going to be a little bit more memorable, memorable for you as well, because, you mm-hmm. know, obviously meeting a celebrity or meeting somebody that you're a huge fan of, um, it's, you know, it can make you a little shaky and everything, but like, like you said, get the freak out out of the way beforehand or afterwards. And, you know, don't be so shaky that you can't pull out your phone for a selfie or something like that, you know? Um, because you don't want to miss like the actual interaction and you don't want to miss the actual, just looking at them. You want them to, you know, you have to remember that they're people too, you know, and you want to get them. And like, you know, and if they're going, if they're like, who am I, if they're like, let's say you're on a, you're on a barricade at a stage door, like just put yourself in their shoes. Like, who are they going to go up and like chat with? Are they going to chat with the person who's like smiling with their program out being like, Hey, blah, blah, blah. Or are they going to go over to the person who's like, Wah! like, it's probably, they're probably going to go to the person who's like following the rules and and doing their, at least making an effort to, um, res- to be respectful and, and a little, a little more composed. Right. Exactly. Okay. And then speaking of the barricade, um, mm-hmm. be on the barricade or go home. That's yeah, your second so rule. That's actually the third. Oh, sorry. Can... No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want us to get to like the end and be like, oh, so we did nine. Um, but we can talk about being on the barricade. I'm totally down for that. Go for it. Okay. We'll go back to don't wear your fan gear. <laughs> yes, because that one needs explanation. Um, uh, be on the barricade or go home is just something I learned. Um going to a bunch of stage doors in Manhattan uh, and just, it's like the nature of the beast. Um, Usually you're not going to get an autograph or that little split second interaction or selfie unless you're super close to the, to where the person is. If you're, unless you're right there where they're going to be able to interact with you. So yeah, if do whatever you can within reason, to be as close as you can be, because that's going to give you the best chances for having that interaction. Awesome. And then back to the one that I skipped over. Don't <laughs> wear fan gear of any sorts. Dress like you're on a date because you basically are. Okay, so this was Ob's born out of me secretly always hoping who I'm there to meet will fall in love with me. <laughs> um, <upon laughs> me. <laughs> like, hmm. um, but I think also... On top of that, I think also, again, since these were born out of like going to stage doors at places, I think Kristen also really helped kind of expand and extrapolate this rule to being dressed for the occasion. 
where um, if you're going to see a Broadway show wearing like of your favorite actor, like when I went and saw Darren Chris and how to succeed in business without really trying, like I was not wearing like a star kid t-shirt and jeans. I wore like a nice dress and I, cause I respected that I was going to a Broadway play. And so for me, I feel like I just feel, and it's also like dress in what's going to make you feel the most confident. And again, since like we're all riffing on this whole theme about shame, like I always felt, I didn't always feel confident and empowered wearing fan gear. So a way that I felt like I would have the best interaction with celebrities I when I had the opportunity to meet them is if I dressed like I was on a date or if I dressed like I was going to a, an important meeting or like a night out with with friends or if I if I got dolled up I'd like that would make me feel the most confident and make me feel like I was respecting the environment in which I was going to meet them. And like I say in our first ever episode zero of Your Biggest Fangirl, I feel like this rule gets inverted and like totally thrown out the window when you go to a convention. Like if you're not wearing fan gear at a convention, like why are you there? (laughs) But not to shame people who like don't feel comfortable cosplaying or like don't feel like they have the ability to cosplay. But um yeah, like uh, that's that's an environment where it's encouraged and you should totally embrace it. Um, but it's it's something interesting too because I've noticed like usually now these past couple conventions I've gone to San Diego Comic Con, I went to WonderCon back in March. Uh, it was so strange because I was also there for work because I help scout um, graphic novel and comic book titles. Um, and I bring them back to our company and see if we can get someone to buy them and make them. And it's so funny because as much as I would love to cosplay, I feel like because I'm in a professional situation, like I can't be pitching my company and my franchise dressed as Padme Amidala as much as as much as, as, much as I would, as like. would like. And and like you're saying, like you don't have to be in cosplay to enjoy like a convention environment. And um, we're right now barely starting to see these glimpses of hope when it comes to fashion and empowering clothing mm-hmm. um, yep. with like, you know, some fashion lines, like for example, you once modeled for me for um, El Hoffer design, which makes, yeah. you know, um, you know, fangirl clothing that, you know, aligns with modern styles and modern fashion. Mm-hmm. And that's one way of being able to feel like, empowered it's stuff that you could wear to work or to like an event but kind of like you know also wear your fandom and take it with you right and I totally get what you're saying about like you know kind of like almost being embarrassed because there's been so many situations in my life growing up when I was younger there wasn't a you know hot topic or somewhere where you know I could you know, go buy like a cute her universe dress or something subtle like that. You know, I grew up where like all the fandom t-shirts were boy t-shirts. And sometimes I was labeled a tomboy when I wasn't. And like you said, I always felt my best when I was dressed up for like a date or going out or, you know, in some kind of like modern fashion trend, you know, you feel more comfortable and, you know, I get it. I, I totally see what you're saying both ways, the inverted rule of conventions and then also, yeah. you know, just being out and about and, you know, feeling good about yourself. And sometimes, yeah, I also, you know, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Sorry. I, um, I just get so excited. Um, I also feel like it's a way, because I remember when Kristen and I were, because Kristen 
was such a big part of also, because this is like a really guiding principle for us, excuse me, um, with our podcast. So we spent a lot of time like talking about these rules. And I think Kristen also, when we were talking about it, we also discussed like, I think it's sometimes nice, especially when you're meeting someone for them to just meet you as you, like in how you would dress rather than like, wearing something from their franchise. I don't know if that totally makes sense, but just like I felt, and again, I think it also loops into our conversation of not being able, especially for women to express themselves through like fandom related clothes. Cause for so long it was a boxy men's size, small t-shirt. But yeah, like if I have 30 seconds with this actor who has inspired me so much. Like I want them to see me in like the best version of me. And for the longest time, I didn't feel like fan fandom inspired clothing or cosplay encapsulated that. So that's why I felt like it was better for me to dress like I was on a date. Whereas we have Elhoffer design. I also, Chris and I also got to model for you and prophecy girl. And then obviously like her universe, like now we have all these amazing brands that help you channel both sides, like, you as you, but also like giving a nod and and um and acknowledging your fandom. And until we have more of that, because just what we have is just so tiny in the realm of fashion mm-hmm. and everything, I think you're right. Just dress in the way you're gonna feel the best about yourself. Don't worry about, you know, being the biggest fan and wearing your entire fandom on you. Just feel dress in the way you're gonna feel empowered. For sure. Awesome. And then back to the uh, barricade question. If you want to be on the barricade or close at all, think of the most obnoxiously early time you could arrive and then get there two hours before that. What's up? Okay. So that I two events come to mind that really solidified that for me. Uh, the first was going to Team Star Kid concerts. And I remember just seeing i think we i went and saw them perf- i went and saw them perform in new york and i think we got there at noon and like doors opened at 6 and the line was already wrapped around to the like like to like the other city like the back of the venue like it was wrapped around half of the whole city block and then like as the day went on it just wrapped around even more um yeah it was gnarly and then i also think about comic-con 2014 the first time i went to comic-con um i really wanted to go to the hall h presentation for avengers age of ultron and but I knew like Hall H is no joke. Like, and I, but I was like, YOLO, I'm here. Um, and Marvel's here and all the actors are here um, and the creators. And I texted this girl because we were all like staying at this house nearby. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's camp. I don't care. Like, let's do it. I want to be in Hall H. And um, she's like, oh, no, no, no. The line's already wrapped around. And this. Oh, by the way, this was 24 hours before the panel. It was a full day before the panel. Like, I think it was probably Friday night at probably 5-ish PM. And I think the panel was the next day, Saturday at 5-ish PM. And I was like, all right, girl, let's do it. And she's like, oh, there's no way we're getting in. The line is already wrapped back to the marina. Yep. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, That's our Comic-Con and- life. 
Yeah. It's just like you, it's crazy. Cause I don't, I think we don't always realize, um, in our, in fandom, like we can feel, sometimes we feel very isolated in our day-to-day environments. And like the only really fandom interaction we're getting is virtual, whether it be on Instagram or Tumblr or what have you. And so sometimes I don't think it always occurs to us um, when, or if you're going to your first like fandom event, whether it be a Broadway show or a concert or a convention, that everyone there is probably just as passionate as you are. So you kind of it's have not to more in but, some cases. Yeah, so you have to account for that if if you want to be close to the action. Yeah. That makes sense yeah, and but- like you said you have to be willing to wake up at an ungodly hour. So <laughs> yeah, I get that. And then rule number 5, make friends with security. Okay, this one was inspired by a, a specific incident. Um Related to Panic at the Disco, I saw them in concert um, back when I was 18 in New York City, um, and I dragged my poor friend who was just going with me because I hadn't seen her in a while. I was like, let's go to this concert and then of this band that you don't really like. And I was like, okay, cool. Now we're going to go try to meet meet the lead singer. And um, I remember we were, we were on the barricade. We got on the barricade. And I saw, and of course, because I was a super fan, I knew who their security guy was, his name's Zach. And um, now, thanks to you, my brief reentry into the Panic fandom, I realized that he's still with the band, which is really cool. And uh, he's a ride or die OG for life. And I saw him going <laughs> in and out, <laughs> in and out of the the tour bus. And I just, I just know that, like, especially since I have been on the barricade so many times, like, fans can get pushy. Things can get tense. And so I always try to lead with honey instead of vinegar. So I just, and I'm like not afraid to make small talk with people. Do I regret it and like overanalyze it afterwards? Of course. But usually in the moment when I really want something, I'm pretty uninhibited. So um, I I just mentioned to him because I I recognized him. I was like, oh, it looks, I bet like the tour bus is so nice. Or I don't know. I didn't know what to say. And he just kind of looked at me. He goes, give me your phone. I was like, what? And he's like, just give me your phone. And because I'm like the most naive girl on the planet. I was like, yes, okay, sure. And he went in and took a picture of their tour bus for me. (laughs) And um, I thought that was really cool and like a unique uh, experience that no other fangirl got a picture of the, of Panic's tour bus. Uh, But because I was friendly and I was respectful and tried to make uh, just conversation like small talk or friendly conversation I got this cool extra perk and also there's also the larger narrative and universal truth that security is like they can kick you out (laughs) and you and you also don't want to get in trouble with the law um like I I'm like I live and die for fandom but it it if we can avoid it like let's not get arrested for meeting our fave so I think it's also, and it's also like, if you love someone so much, like you should respect the security, like you, you need to respect this environment and, and keeping them safe. So um, that's why I say make friends with security, because you could get an, it's like a baseline thing of just like a baseline respect and safety thing. Um, you don't want to get arrested. And then sometimes you get like a cool little perk. And, and you know what? Also- Oh, sorry. One more thing. Also, because this was a really cool moment because um, when Brendan came out, Brendan is the lead singer of Panic at the Disco. He was like signing autographs and I asked him for a hug 
And Zach was like, no touching. And I was like, oh, okay. And then Brendan said, F it and hugged me anyway. And he didn't get mad at me. And I think it was because we'd become best friends earlier. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have to say. That's an awesome story. And um, (laughs) I have a story that kind of agrees with what you just said is that um, there was once, uh, I think it was San Diego Comic-Con 2016. And, you know, I was one of the fans that like I was running from panel to panel and I really wanted to catch the CW, the entire CW series of shows, the superhero shows, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, Arrow. They were all in Ballroom 20, which is a huge Mm -hmm. ballroom at San Diego Comic-Con. And um, you had to be in line at an ungodly hour just to try to get in there. And I had it. And I was like, but you know what? At some point, you know, there was, you know, every show gets like an hour. Maybe people will drop out and I can squeeze into the last couple ones, you know. And I waited in line for five hours with no luck. And when you're waiting in line that long, you get to know, like, the people around you in line and also like the security and at San Diego Comic-Con, a lot of the people that are like maintaining the lines, they're volunteers and they're standing Mm -hmm. all day. Like you were, you got to sit while you were in line and not moving, but they're standing the whole time and you know, they're uncomfortable. And I think we take for granted, like the fact that these people are volunteers and they do this like for whatever reasons, but it's also like a service to us. So we kind of have to respect them. And so, you know, a group of us that met in line, we were being really nice to like, you know, the people, uh, you know, the people, the security guards and the people standing there, like, you know, maintaining the line. And it was the last panel. I had already missed all of the panels. I sat there in line for five hours and I had missed Mm. every other panel of the day. And I was like, maybe I can get into the last one, which is Arrow. And I'm a big fan of Arrow. And... I just wanted to be in there so desperately. And mm-hmm. so they kept the line and they said, you know what? I'm sorry. Like, there's no more seats. Like, we're done. And this is the last panel. So people started leaving. And I just sat there and I was like, man, well, it was really nice to to get to know you for a little bit. I told the person standing in line, like, you know, mm-hmm. thanks anyways. And then as we're leaving, the, the person in line says, you know what? If you guys stand against the wall, I'm sure it'll be fine. And they let us in. And then after that, some people left and we were able to sit anyways. But I got to get in there just in time to see the arrow, um, the cast of Arrow singing Hamilton. Like they all sang it. And it it was beautiful. It was amazing. And like, you know, I could have just walked away after sitting there for five hours and been disappointed. Mm -hmm. But the security guard was like, you know, line maintenance person was just really nice and was like you know what let me sneak you in there and you know sometimes like if you just kind of put your best foot forward it comes back to you in a good way not that you should be nice to people just to get something in return or anything but you know it does it does help to you know treat people like people and not like an employee of yours or you know right yeah, and like don't treat them like the enemy and I think the important thing with that is you live with gratitude and I've like noticed not just in fangirling but when you lead with gratitude it's amazing um what can happen a quick story about that um was how we got to interview Ashley Eckstein queen of the universe um we asked if she could if we could interview her at WonderCon on Saturday um but her people said 
that she could and only be do interviews on Friday. And we're like, we get it. We understand her schedule's crazy. Thank you so much for entertaining it. And, you know, I'm going to go to the panel on Saturday anyway, and I, I look forward to hearing the new things. And again, just thank you again. Hopefully, you know, because I knew she had a book, she had her book coming out and there was a, her universe fashion show at Comic-Con. I knew that there would probably be other opportunities. So I just said, you know what? Thank you. I hope you keep us in mind for the next one. And I think because we didn't throw a fit or try to push too hard, um, Dan at her universe, the lovely uh, head of publicity was like, you know what? Ashley actually can make some time. Are you cool with waiting for her to do her thing and meet and greet with all the fans after the panel? I was like, oh, yeah, I'll wait till midnight. Like, I'm interviewing Ashley. <laughs> like, I and could, that's amazing. Like, yeah, it's like, can you stand in a dumpster while you interview her? Yes, like, of course. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Let me go get so, the dumpster. Yeah. I'll drag it over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll bring my own dumpster. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay, and so then <laughs> rule number six, don't take the bait when other fans start name dropping. Yes. This is another thing that you kind of mentioned, like when you are in line for six hours with people, like you're going to start, it's just natural. You might start striking up a conversation and and something that I, I noticed um, at stage doors and, and, and these fan environments, especially with Team Star Kid, there was like a hierarchy of like, who you've met of the group. And like, obviously meeting during Chris was the trump card. And it was just so interesting how people would be like, well, I've met this person. Well, I met this person. Well, I met him twice and this and this and this. And I was like, it was so interesting because I know also like from our friendship and my friendship with Kristen and all the other amazing friends I've either made through fandom or like have been bolstered, like because we both share a fandom. Um, like that, that's not what fandom's about. Like I know that fandom is this amazing force um, to bring people together. So I was really disappointed and sad that it like sometimes when you're in this environment and like stakes feel really high because um, you want to be able to get the best spot in the venue and then be able to get on the, get on the barricade <laughs> to meet the people that like it can get really competitive and kind of toxic. And again, that's another thing with, um, our podcast is that we're trying to kind of acknowledge that and try to find ways to reduce it. And so that's why I wanted to include it in the, um, in the rules of fangirling. Cause like, I feel like that is a very unhealthy kind of subset that happens in fandom. And I, and I, like, I'll be like, especially being a fangirl, I feel like it's pretty prevalent with other like fangirl on fangirl. Um, so I just, it's something that I, I think we really wanted to include because fandom should be um, a way to empower other people and bring people together rather than like this, like something you can lord over someone when you're in Absolutely. that environment. Absolutely. Totally agree. I mean, well said. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, uh, number seven, mentally prepare yourself for them to be better looking in person. So let me set the scene. It's uh, 2012, January, freezing cold. <laughs> I've been waiting outside of the Al Hirschfield Theater um, for an hour. Um, my poor grandmother is who took me to go see Darren Chris and how to succeed in business without really trying is an absolute champ waiting in the lobby for me to meet Darren. Um, and he finally comes out and um, he comes down the line and I look into his eyes and in that moment, 
I realized that the saying getting lost in people's eyes is like a true thing. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. Like I was not expecting it. And I think it's just something to prepare yourself for. Cause when you meet like an actor and especially like an actor that you find attractive, like you're meeting them and you're not, your experience and perception of them is not being mediated by a screen. So you're not just seeing their image. You're also like feeling their energy and feeling their vibe. And boy, Sometimes that ish is powerful. So I just want to like <laughs> prepare people. Like sometimes it can be mucho to take in. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite like just like, like girl, like I'm just, I'm here to help people. And so like, I just want like PSA. Um, I, I love one of my, my best friends and she's been a, a two-time guest on your Vegas fangirl, Lauren. Um, she, was so funny. She like had a conference call with Kristen and I about meeting Henry Cavill. And I, cause she went, met him at Ace Comic Con um, last December. And like, I feel like he was a person that you have to be prepared for. Like, like, dear Lord, is he secretly Adonis among us? Maybe. So, um, <laughs> and I actually like, I love what she did to prepare to meet Henry. And like, this is why I'm like riffing on it. Cause I, I there is like a kernel of value in this, I promise. Um, she actually, her friend suggested, and she did it, um, watching a bunch of videos of him, like before, or like watch a bunch of videos of the person, like before you meet them almost to like desensitize yourself for it. Or like, that's a, a good way that you can maybe mentally prepare to meet the person and be ready for their like full energy and essence to hit you. It's almost like binge a lot of, binge a lot of their content, just so you're kind of like in the right. You're like, I'm used to your face. You're not that hot. You're not that hot, except you are, but we're going to be you cool. you are, but I'm trying to keep composed. Hide my crazy. That's like rule Hide one. Your crazy. Hide your crazy. Uh, I have a great story of the third time I met Darren Chris because there have Natch been more than one. Um, it was this amazing moment. I met him backstage. I was in this like pseudo backstage at the Little Mermaid Live at the Hollywood Bowl. And um, we were saying goodbye. And he was so lovely and so kind. And he looked at me, he looked at me dead in the eye with his gorgeous eyes, with his gorgeous hazel little green eyes and goes, you have such beautiful eyes. I was like, oh and my God. Died. And I know, well, I kind goes. of kept it together. I was like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you so much. And like, cause I can't tell you how much it means to me. This man who was like the center of my universe by, for five years, like who I worshiped, like finding something like his girlfriend was right there. It wasn't sexual, but like the fact that he found something like mildly desirable or appealing about me, huge made my life. Um, but I will say, I don't think I was fully out of his line of vision before I turned to my friends. I was like, oh my God, did you see that? Did you see what he said? Like, so. <laughs> I love that fun story of, of me not totally keeping it together. I never said I like perfectly follow these rules. <laughs> you try. They're guidelines, okay? They're guidelines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And then talk about their achievements as an artist, and the more mm -hmm. obscure a project you reference, the better. Yes. So That's this was born. Out of Comic-Con 2014, um, I was the luckiest I've ever been, and I pulled a winning ticket for the Avengers Age of Ultron cast signing. So I got to go down the line and meet 
pretty all the Avengers except for Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson. And um, I wanted to, since like, you know, you only have a split second with them, like I wanted to make sure I had like a memorable interaction with all of them. And since I knew from the last anecdote I told you about like getting lost in during Chris's eyes, I'm like, all right, these people are going to be beautiful. And like, I need to, I think I will be more successful in my interaction if I have like if I plan something to say, if I have like a specific thing I want to say to each of them and like have that hard inner monologue or at least something prepared, um, like in case I have that moment where just my mind goes blank, like I'll have something in the back of my my mind to pull out. And because um, then like at the same time, so you have there is like an element of have to of having to be able to go to go with like the flow. And, and if something comes up in the moment, being able to like move with the punches Um and I, it was great because I had like all this inter- like these nice interactions with people, but the best one and the one the interaction that made this a rule on our ten definitive list um, rules of fangirling like a pro is I went uh, it was my turn in line to get my poster signed by Chris Evans, and um, I was like, "Hi, Chris! Like loved Cap too. Cannot wait for this new one." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, thank you." And he he was he didn't even really look up from signing the poster, but then I mentioned. And I'm really excited to see before we go, which is which was his directorial debut. And I knew he was looking to transition into directing. And, and I, th- I think it shows that you, when you mention a more obscure project, that you've that you're really into someone's work and you've taken the time to to get to know them beyond maybe the character they're most known for and know appreciate them more as an artist. So Chris Evans literally stopped, looked up at me, and gave me a high five for mentioning his his movie and I gave him a very enthusiastic spastic high five back. And That's it was so cool. Like, <laughs> um but yeah like I think like actors like you know it 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 shows that you that you kind of maybe I think they're used to people just going, oh my God, I love you so much, which is fine. Like that's that's cool. But again, if you if you kind of want to make a memorable moment, I've learned and I've noticed that if you can mention something that maybe they're not as well known for that you still genuinely enjoy. Like also don't be disingenuous, but if you genuinely enjoy something else that they've done, like that's a way to kind of stand out or like maybe you do really love Chris Evans as Captain America. That's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But maybe another thing is like, instead of just saying, I love Cap, like share as articulately as you can a reason why you love Cap, a reason why you think Chris makes Cap such a great character. And I think that helps you have a more memorable experience and for them to be more receptive to you when you're talking to them. And you know, what's interesting about that is that's great advice in life in general. Like it Mm. shows that you're paying attention to people. You know what I mean? Instead of just like, you know, you see the same people all the time or a coworker or something and you say the same thing. Oh, how's the weather? How's this? How's whatever. But every once in a while, when you mention something that you remembered that somebody says, it makes them feel special, you know? Right. You're like, Oh Um, yeah. I remembered. Oh, I mean, it's just great life advice in general. Yeah. My one caveat is I was like thinking about this. I was like, I do want to mention this when I podcast with Monica is there is like a line. I think also if you're, if you're there for an event, like you do for a specific project, sometimes you do have to be respectful. And I just remember this because I recently watched this video of Tom Hiddleston doing press with the whole cast of the night manager. And they were doing an event for the night manager. And this girl 
um, got, got picked on for the Q&A session and asked this like really, really inside baseball. I think it was a little inappropriate question because he he's like naked for like a minute in the um, movie. You don't see much fangirls, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, but she has this really, really inside baseball question about like the first movie he ever did. And it, it was just like, it just, it didn't feel again, like appropriate for the situation and like for the nature of the event. And it also kind of felt disrespectful to all the actor, all the other actors and artists there. So I would also say sometimes like make sure you're being respectful and use a little bit of discretion with that one. Oh, you know, that's a great point because I went to go see David Tennant at the DuckTales panel in um, mm. Comic-Con 20, not this year, 2017, I think. And mm. we, you know, we go to see David Tennant and, um, and you know, we'd been there for hours just to, you know, get a peek of him and everything. And so the whole panel is, is about DuckTales and the animated series and he's playing Scrooge. But everybody mm-hmm. in the audience is dressed like a Whovian. Like you have just TARDISes everywhere, people in cosplay, the works, right? Yeah. And they opened it up um, for a Q&A. And the Q&A ended up being a bunch of people just going up there and saying, you're my doctor. You're my favorite doctor. Like, I loved you in Doctor Who. Will you ever go back to Doctor Who? And like you said, it's just kind of disrespectful to the people who were you know, to the rest of the cast, to the creators yeah. of the show, you know, and obviously he's very kind and, you know, he's very sweet to all the fans and everything. Um, but that's a good thing to keep in mind. Like, you know, at that panel, it probably wasn't the best time to bring that up. Right. All righty. So um, number nine, selfie over an autograph. Yeah, we just kind of live in a world where Pixar didn't happen. So we felt like that's what we felt like we should include that just because it's going to that's just kind of it'll be more memorable. I like to return like I'm a visual person, so I like being able to return to an image um, to reflect on an awesome memory. Um, But yeah, I feel like and also like if now that we have front face it, we have phones with front facing cameras. Like I feel like sometimes it is better to go into the, try to get the selfie over the autograph. Um, that being said, if they say no pictures, please, you should respect that they say no pictures. Um, oh, absolutely. Or like work around it. Like just to go back to like that panic at the disco experience. I remember they're like, we can't do pictures. He can't do pictures. And so instead of me, this was like a long time ago before everyone had like a, like could take selfies. I just remember I had like my, my high touch. It wasn't even on an iPhone, but I asked like, I so I couldn't lean over the barricade and like take a photo with him. But I asked Brendan Yuri to like, can you just say hi Tori to the camera? Like there are ways to like work around it. So you have like some sort of visual documentation rather than, um, rather than breaking the rule and trying to get a selfie. And, and also like, I'm not like shading an autograph. If you can get an autograph, like do it. Do it. Agreed. That's a good rule. I mean, selfie over an autograph makes sense to me in like the world of Instagram and, you know, social right. media. It's really fun to like have the photo with your celebrity. So that's awesome. And then the very last rule of professional fangirling. Number 10. 
be a fan of yourself first. Yes. To me, this is the most important rule and it's the hardest rule for me to follow. Um, just because like in my personal journey, I have noticed in, with me, it is so much easier to hitch my wagon to somebody who's already succeeding at life rather than to like dig deep and do the work and like try to make things and make things happen for myself and work on myself. And so like, that's kind of in my personal world where I've like run into a lot of problems or where that's like kind of like the danger zone where fandom has gotten kind of unhealthy for me. So uh, we felt that it was like really important to put this rule on the list of rules and have it be the grand finale because it is so important. And I think it also, because we've been talking a lot about respect and being respectful. And I think a lot of these rules are easy when you're, or easier to follow because when you're, when you're operating from a baseline respect for yourself. So I think as much as like, I would like, I always love to joke because I work at this production company where we do have like celebrities come in and eat because they're meeting, they might be meeting with my boss or one of the executives or like, we've had one of the guys from Jane the Virgin just like wander in because he's lost on the Sony lot or Jim Carrey's filming something right outside the, our building. And as much as I love to like be dramatic and be like, if I met this person, I would just roll around on the ground. Um, it's like, it, it is important, um, to, to lead with like a respect and love and being a fan of yourself. Because I think if you don't lead with that, you're, you're, you might act in a way that you regret and it's important to like, self-love is so important. And I think like fandom is a way, and it is a great way to be accepted and to be seen and to express yourself, especially when you're in an environment Maybe I hate saying like in real life where like maybe in your like immediate physical surroundings or the people you interact with in person, like don't feel that way or don't share that. Um, but at the same time, like you have to, you have to be a fan of yourself first, because I mean, I also know that like, I'm always like, I don't know if you've ever seen that skit, old Greg, it's like this really old, like obscure British, like sketch show skit, but it's like, oh, Greg says, he's like, you must love me exactly as I love you. And I feel like I'm like that with like these celebrities, like you must love me exactly, exactly as I love you, <laughs> which is like very unrealistic. But at the same time, that being said, they're not really going to have a chance to love you exact, exactly as you love them. If you don't love yourself first, if you're not doing the the minimum to show up for yourself. And not only that, but in fandom in general, there's a lot of gatekeeping out there. There's a lot of mm. things where, like, you know, especially for females, like, you know, oh, are you a Star Wars fan? Do you know this or this obscure thing or this obscure? You're not, like, a real fan. And there's a point mm -hmm. where you just have to, like, look at yourself and be like, look, this is how I fan girl over yeah. Star Wars or over whatever it is. And, you know, I don't have to justify myself to you. You know, I love, I love Star Wars this way. This is what I love about it. And you don't have to answer these gatekeeping questions. You don't have to prove yourself to other people. You can just be a fan and love the things that you love in your way, whether, you know, other people consider you a real fan or not or whatever. That happens a lot especially in the world of social media, sometimes they'll be like, oh, because I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Oh, but you don't watch mm -hmm. the classic Doctor Who. So how much of a Doctor Who fan can you be, you know? And, you know, maybe I just haven't gotten there. I probably do want to, you know, watch some more Doctor Who. But 
Also, that doesn't keep me from being a huge fan. I love Doctor Who the way that I love it. And if you're just falling into that trap of trying to justify yourself, you're not doing yourself any favors. That is such a beautiful insight. And I've it just makes me so happy and blows my mind. Like that's something like the, like some fun list that Kristen and I made, like begot this beautiful perspective and insight from you. And like, we've never drawn that insight in our own discussions um, when talking about being a fan of yourself first. And you're so, and it, cause it's so accurate and important and, and um, crystallizing of the fan experience. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I wholeheartedly agree because every, because yeah, that is important. Like the way you fangirl, as long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else is completely valid and you should not let other people try to tear you down. And I think that's why your list resonated so much with me when I first saw it. And there were so many, um, there's one thing that really hit me on the list um, was the name dropping. Because in mm. the community that I was in, like the fandom community that I had been in before, it was a very big name dropping of like, oh, well, I hang out with these cosplayers or I know these, you know, uh, celebrities or I've met them or I've seen them. And it was just kind of like this almost gatekeeping, like I'm a bigger fan than you are. And they have a way of like, you know, just making you feel like not good enough or maybe you don't love what you love enough or you're just mm -hmm. embarrassed that you're you know that your cosplay isn't as great as somebody else's cosplay or something like that and you know that's just toxic and that's not what fandom should be at least I don't think so <laughs> and yeah, uh, I agree. that's why your your list resonated so much with me and why I wanted to share it and I'm so glad that we're finally that I finally got you guys on to talk about the podcast yeah. um, and so um, kind of in closing, like, really, I just mm -hmm. want to thank you again for being on the podcast. And if you could just let our guests know where they can follow you on social media or online. Yes, of course. Um, I Again, I'm so thrilled to be here. You can check out the Your Biggest Fangirl podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all the major podcasters. You can um, listen to all our episodes and read all of our blog posts um, at yourbiggestfangirl.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at YBFG Podcast. And you can check us out on Tumblr at yourbiggestfangirl.tumblr.com. And I just have to say, our Tumblr is pretty lit. Um, I'm very proud of all of our social media, but I feel like our Tumblr does not get enough love. So I always like to do like a little extra plug. Oh, nice. Very nice. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows, why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com. There you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you, Victoria, for joining us on this episode. My name is Monica, and we will see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.